About our father's business, grind mode. Filled with this Holy Spirit, that's a cheat code. Holiness the standard, we never fold. We about to make a scene, never sold. About our father's business. For the true God, shout his praise, never ever mellow. Carry cross everywhere I go, got me gripping wood like I'm Donatello. Promise y'all that I study text. Theologian, this young fellow. Test the kid, wish you would, boy. Spirit pulling strings like Geppetto. All glory to the risen Christ. I swear I write every bar for him. I see the work that the church is doing, then I drop a stack in the offering. Speaking depth to my own life. Paul Barris, bring the coffin in. I feel like Zeus fighting for sight, and there's a wave of lightning in my writing pen. I grip the cell, call. St. Louis, either Mike Real or see Micah. I know that boy really love the Lord. I wish the people could see Micah. Preach to Christ who can calm the waves. We serve the God of the sea, Micah. Hit the blocks and the boulevards, trying to get a gangster to read Micah. I hit the text of Old and New Testament and break it down for youngins who are hesitant. I tell them all to stack the bread that's heaven sin and watch them all bow in reverence. Higher than his kingdom is Fill me with that fire Got that evidence Satan is a liar Think I'm gonna quit To the day that I aspire Give him reverence 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 To the day that I aspire Give him reverence Serious when I say no, I ain't never letting go, blaming on the gospel. I ain't got time, man. Why should I change for? Too busy out here, really trying to change for. Planting seeds, trying to feed these truths to these G's in the streets, saying ain't about the pesos. Not a game when I say that I'm repping his name, reverence his name, him I proclaim. Feel like a flame is burning inside me, feel like I might just blow up like propane. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We are in here. You pulled out the classic banger on me. I got you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> boy, that little boy Ruben was spitting. Yeah. Shout out to Ruben. Yeah. Shout out to little bro. Hey, happy birthday, Ruben, man. Today, my man's birthday. Little oh, bro happy, birthday happy today. Happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. So we are back. Episode number eight. Ocho. <laughs> I get close. Hey, hey, we're getting close to I'm running up out of those uh those Spanish terms, brother. Hey, I, I got some Spanish partners and young ladies I know. I'm gonna start cheating and tell them to um, tell me how to pronounce them. All right, who we got on here? <laughs> you said we got I got I, on my side, I got uh Tyrese Johnson, Chris Hill, right. Dale Shaw, Brian Carter. Shout out to everybody watching on the watch party. Who you got, Rob? Yeah, I got uh Lisa Fronte, Lisa Moore Phillips, Dinah. I'm not gonna even try to say your name. Um, <laughs> we got um um Reginald Foreman on Erica. Um, shout out to everybody who listening, man. Welcome to the Not the Same podcast, episode number eight. Yes, sir. In Spanish, what my homeboy said. I'm Robert. Ocho, Ocho. Yes, sir. So this is the Coach Conzo Martin episode. Yes, yes. We're gonna have him on in a few minutes. Uh, we appreciate everybody watching. 
Yeah, we are yeah. back, and uh, we are back just like COVID and came back. <laughs> <laughs> what a oh, you thought man. he said, Oh, you thought we was gone? Nah, right, 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 right. Nah. right. You thought it's gonna be cool just because it's hot outside? Nah, yeah, yeah I am yeah. back like I never left, brothers, brothers, and sisters. Please put your mask on, quit playing. Put but when you put it on, put the mask on the right way. Uh-oh. Don't have it under your chin, sideways. Yeah. You know, yeah. put the mask on right. And if you're in your car by yourself, hold on, man. I gotta, I gotta rant for a minute. Get them. If get you're em. in the car by yourself, uh-huh. take the mask off. Yeah. If you are riding down the street and you wear glasses and you like this, you can't yes, sir, see. Preach. I promise you, you can't see. Because you almost ran into me the other day. Yeah. And then I was gonna have to. Uh, Repent after what happened after the fact. Because <laughs> <laughs> you might not have been too holy dealing with them. No, it would have been, ha- been hands, but it wouldn't have been for prayer, bro. Yeah, it it would have been, been lifted prayer. in reverence. <laughs> 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 yeah, nah, man, so, jokes, y'all be, safe with, the, y'all be safe with the mask, man. Use some common sense. We might please. have to go back to the stupidest things we didn't see during COVID very soon, sir. Hold on, ho, ho, ho. It ain't over. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Top five dumbest things you've seen or done during quarantine. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna bring that back, brother. We gotta yeah, bring it back. I mean, because every day we see it, man. So look, man, while we in here on this, mm-hmm. the mask is not for your beard. The mask <laughs> is supposed to like like my brother showed a minute ago, like all this supposed to be covered, not just this, and not just this. <laughs> all this is intended to be covered <laughs> and if you don't man you can get the little uh particles they say is flying around it can spit out your mouth or come on yeah. somebody else on you you know what i'm saying so just let's let's just put the stupid mask on man because who wants to go back in the house for another two months i ain't interested uh, yeah yeah so just yeah. go and put the mask on bro put the mask on I say that everybody who don't have a mask on when you go in certain spots like Walmart, you should Bobby Boucher them right off the bat. <laughs> Act like he Colonel Sanders and he's saying something about your mama and just tackle. <laughs> that's what that's what we do. That's what we do from here on out. That's the noise you make right before you have it on. Bobby Boucher them. <laughs> on site. <Bobby> Boucher. <laughs> yeah, man. So. We're getting close to time for the NBA coming back. Uh, me and Rob was talking before the show started. Uh, you know, Rob's not thinking it may not come all the way through. I'm of the opinion it's going to happen. But right now, there's a lot of people having COVID. But, you know, they got a whole month beforehand. Before they even try, they got 14 days until they start training camp or right, whatever right. before they go down to Orlando. So hopefully they can, people can get healed. Had a little quarantine, get two positive tests, and then they back on the court. Right, right. But you know, as we me and you was talking personally, man, like I'm torn about this in this way. I really want to see basketball, but I also really want people to be safe. And it's really a conundrum. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like, yeah, me and you both, we love me, you, your kids, my wife, all of us really, really love basketball. Yeah, yeah. And ain't we ain't had nothing on but uh 2K live on tv bro where they run this weird offense where i don't understand why they just keep the big man at the top and just don't do nothing else two people in the far corners wide open they would not pass the ball to save their life and it aggravate me because nobody yeah. played 2k like that for real you no, know they what don't. i mean but they on tv they on espn man they trying yeah. to get they shine on yeah but come on man you 
Anyway, that's a side note. <laughs> I digress, as they say. But uh, like, I really wanted to be able to come back. But like I like I said earlier, I'm torn by the fact of I want people to be safe. I don't want everybody to get COVID. Mm-hmm. But I do want to watch basketball, and uh, I, it's a conundrum, bro. Uh, look, I think the season gonna be a watch because all it's gonna take. So the Joker. You know, up in um, Denver, he he he's tested positive. Yeah, that boy ain't got super skinny though. Yeah, yeah, he done lost a lot of weight, man. He trying yeah. to, um, you know, Denver was talking noise like, "Yo, we can come in this thing and win it." You yeah. know, be if our health right. So, I think if the right superstar decides it's a wrap, everybody gonna fall in suit. So they they better hope and pray that LeBron don't decide to say, "Hey, look, we done, Bruh. They gonna have LeBron. My wife always say this joke. They gonna have LeBron locked in the basement like powder. You seen that movie Powder? <laughs> <laughs> that brother ain't gonna be. Able to, that brother only gonna leave his room to go to the game. That's that's it. it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Boy, that's they gonna it, be brother. like, bro, you is worth too much money, dog. You yeah, is not. Yeah. No, you can't go play cards. No, that right, brother gonna be right, playing right. cards with a mask on and double gloves. <laughs> right, right. They're gonna be playing cards on Yahoo or Google, Google or something. <laughs> Everything gonna be online. Online. They gonna be literally next door, room next door, two hundred one yeah. and two hundred three. <laughs> they're gonna be playing two K via online, whether it be PS four or the Xbox One. They man, but, come on, yeah, man. ain't nobody, ain't nobody gonna be around, man. Y'all on yeah. lockdown. Yeah. So I really, really hope it comes, come, comes up though, man, because uh, NFL still talking about playing, and yeah. you know when it. Go ahead, bro. What'd you about to say? No, the NFL just canceled a Hall of Fame game, and the enshrinement right. that should have took place this year gonna take place next year. So, you know, that's um already pushed that back. And one but, of the um, one of the Rams was gonna actually get in there. Um, he went uh, Isaac Bruce. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey Bruce, hey Bruce was the truth, man. Bruce was the truth, and he, he believed a brother. Yeah, 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 man. So um, Bruce was um, Bruce was definitely the man. He had them hands, and um. You know, next year, Bruce. You know, you in there, so they can hopefully they'll get your um, your 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 avatar, the little thing that they build for them. Hopefully, they get it right because they didn't jack some folks up over the years, man. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't jack some folks up. Y'all get a whole extra year in NFL to get my man Bruce right for the, yeah, um, man, the show on turf. Get get them yeah. right. Get them right. Man, that whole team really should have been in the Hall of Fame already, man. Like they they been oh, kind of yeah. tripping on oh, that, yeah. bro. Tory Holt, um, yeah. Marshall Falk, all of them. I mean, Falk was a beast, man. He was. He was. He what was crazy? Oh. I love the Rams. I wasn't even in St. Louis yet, man. I used to like the Rams when they was rolling. Greatest yeah. show on turf, man. They was balling, brother. Yeah, yeah. They was hurting cats, bro. Them was them days, though. Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, we had the St. Louis. What was that? The uh, the XFL hey, thing. Yeah, hey, they the, was the, the truth, battle, though. That quarterback. Hey, the Battlehawks. Was it the Battlehawks? Forgive me, all right. my um, XFL fans. But uh, yeah, they was. Hey, yeah, they the was sold out. Yep. Yeah, they were sold out, man. They broke records. Good afternoon, Miss Sharon Taylor. Evening, I mean, actually. But yeah, they broke all kind of records, man. We uh Battlehawks, man, that quarterback, light skinned cat. That boy used to throw that joint. He was running good. He was looking like oh, yeah. a like a uh like a uh a free Kaepernick. Already <laughs> free. <laughs> you know, he right, don't get right, free. Right. I think he don't get free next year, but you know, pre free uh Kaepernick out there. <laughs> hey, so so do 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 our listeners a favor for me, man. Okay. And, um before we before our guests come on, yep. go ahead and um give them a little background about um Coach Martin that's coming on, man. So Coach Conzo Martin was uh 
East St. Louis native, born and raised, played high school in, I think, in Lincoln High. I think it was the name yeah, of it. East St. Won a state championship, a couple of state championships. Mm-hmm. Played play college ball at P- Purdue. Yes, Purdue, boy, at Purdue. And uh, one thing I know, that brother had a J. He shoot that thing. Actually played in the NBA, played overseas. Coached mm-hmm. at uh, Missouri State, also coached at Tennessee, coached at Cal, and now is the head coach of Missouri. The University of Missouri out in Columbia. I remember him when he when he coached at Tennessee, man, and he was uh he was going through a tough time, but that brother had a fire run, a fire run, especially as someone as a Memphian that we normally don't like Tennessee, but I was rooting for him that year because that brother they had a good team, man. Went all the way to the Sweet Sixteen. So uh, and to give y'all a heads up, this brother has a winning coaching record. Like he's above 500 in every spot he didn't went to. Mm-hmm. And he has taken three teams to the three. NCAA tournament. And that's Say it again for that's, the people. That's in a the three, three teams. Trey. That's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So salute to him, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we just wanted to give y'all a little background. If y'all didn't know um Coach Martin and his his backstory, he is um a local native, like I said, East St. Louis. Uh, for those who are not in St. Louis, if you're on the East Coast. It's like going from Manhattan to Brooklyn. It's like going if you're in DC from VA yeah. to Maryland. Yeah. You just cross the bridge and you right. You can throw a rock across the river and you right there. So and if you're you from know. Memphis, it's like going from Memphis to West Memphis. So, that way. There it is. Yep. Yeah, so, man. Now nah, go ahead, brother. Now nah, so on 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 to um sports that's going on. Since we are kind of talking about sports, there are a few sports um that have come back. You know, golf. Let's give them a little golf clap. You know, they 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 doing their thing. You know, don't give them that. I ain't don't, gonna. I ain't gonna I'm, yeah, I ain't don't, gonna don't give them that. Don't, don't give them no clap. Don't get them. <laughs> the golf. No, no, no. That's too loud. That's too loud for golf. So yeah, you know, they get they hold up that sign. Hush y'all. Hush y'all. Hush y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> so golf is back. Um, I think they they're talking about soccer being back. Unless I was watching replays, I told you, man, sports is gone. So I'm starting to think replays the real deal. Getting excited <laughs> for nothing. So. Yeah, soccer is back. With oh, okay, so soccer is back. That uh-huh. was the dream. That mm-hmm. was the dream. The overseas, the overseas <laughs> joint. The overseas soccer is back. I woke up the other night and Japan was playing Korea, and I promise you, I understood every word they were saying. I wanted Stop to watch sports so bad. Stop. Stop it, brother. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Hey, I'm saying, bro, it was the truth. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened when you wake up at two o'clock in the morning. You, you, you know everything. Right. Right. So I want to touch on this right quick. You know, this stuff about uh, the NASCAR driver, Bubba Wallace. Okay. Uh, it was crazy how, you know, what well, a good thing is, is all the other drivers, because he's the only black. If you don't know, Bubba Wallace is a black NASCAR driver. And that is like a diamond, literally like a diamond, because that's not normal. You normally don't see black NASCAR drivers. But thank God this brother is broken through and uh, mm-hmm. he's spoken up on some injustice he even got the NASCAR to get rid of the Confederate flag. Now, Confederate flags is kind of part of the culture of NASCAR because NASCAR is kind of like a southern, good old boy type sport. And, you know, we ain't going to have no deep talk, thought about the Confederate flag. I did look it up. It, it ain't great for you, especially for people that look like me and Rob Redeem. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so NASCAR jumped, rode with him, and they was like, yo, you don't feel like this 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 flag is inviting. Uh, you don't feel like this flag is inviting. Then I'm gonna uh, 
Hey, bro, reach out to reach out, reach out to Conzo. So uh, you don't feel like this flag is inviting, so we gonna get rid of it because we rocking with you. You know what I mean? So it's it's crazy. But we uh, the sad thing is is this is that they found the noose in one of the garages, right? And when they found the noose, NASCAR jumped down on them real real hard they're like yo we don't stand for this or whatever the police investigated found out that the noose was uh from a while ago a couple of years ago you know mm-hmm. what i mean so the people that really ain't down with the uh with the calls or getting rid of them flags or whatever they had power because like yo they just made this up but you know it really wasn't like that i mean that rope looked like a noose so it's a sad thing but the good thing is is that they riding with him they standing with him white right, black right. all type of races like yo we not we're not standing for this no more we ain't standing for this no more. So that's the good part. You know what I mean? Yeah. They haven't popped up over here. Okay. Yeah. But uh, so that's what it is, man. So hopefully uh, we'll see some real, real change on this thing. Also, man, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm excited. I hopefully I'll be able to have a college basketball season. We can watch Brother Conzo, see how they do with Mizzou this year. Watch some other teams, man. Uh, even some local teams around here, St. Louis. All the teams in the area, we want to see how they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, so as we wait on our brother to get on in, um, hold on, my bad. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, guys, okay, here, here, here. Yes. Okay. you good? Yeah, we good over here. Okay. He, he read a, he read a, he read a, he read a link in. Okay. But uh, like we said earlier, this is not the same podcast. Every Thursday, show Ocho. We ain't talking about ESPN Ocho. We just Ocho in here. And uh, <laughs> we're going to run this song that we're going to bring in our brother Conzo. We got him in the queue. Run this song right quick. Him and Rob very much relate to this song. I'm going to play right quick. Uh, This is Diagnosed by Robert Dean. After that, we got. Uh, brother coach Conzo Martin. Here we go. As soon as I find it, here we go. Hello. Am I speaking with Robert Davis? This is he. Mr. Davis, the results from your biopsy reveal non Hodgkin's lymphoma. It is cancer, and you want to start aggressive treatment immediately. Do you understand? Mr. Davis. Went numb for a minute thinking how did I get it? Cigarettes I never used to tote. And they give it to their patients on a regular basis so I know it wasn't weed smoke. Lymph nodes, what are those? Forget my ignorance cause truly I didn't know. On top of this I'm in the courts going through a divorce and the lawyer straight cutthroat. Y'all don't hear me man, all the pain had me contemplating suicide on most nights. The devil like, wanna get away. So the liquor and the weed had me taking flights. No final destination, just a crash steady waiting from the flight. The night before, after the flight was over, came down, landed here, spinning crazy that my body still screaming encore. What if it was you? Hell fell in with the walls falling in on you. What if it was you? Fighting while they trying to take everything from you. What if it was you? Trying to stand strong, feeling weak, but I could barely cope. Cause all I really wanted was an antidote. These were the feelings that I felt when I was diagnosed. 
best for the few weeks hooked to the IV. Got this poison pumping through my veins. Every 21 for six eight hour sessions like I'm on the clock getting paid. I say this, I kept it lit. Pity parties that I true trust, they was off the chain. Insecurities, self-pity, depression, anger, and tears. I mean the whole shebang. It came to bitterness and anger, asking God why me. Like really, these the cards I'm dealt. Lower than I ever been. Saying what's the purpose? I'm feeling that I never felt. Is this punishment for the wrongs that I've done? Wonder around, cause I know I turned my back on the Father and the Son. Grieving the Holy Spirit, praying, Lord, forgive me for all the wrongs that I've done. Man. Coach, 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 how you doing, sir? I'm sensational. How you guys doing? All right, and sir. I complain. Right. So this is Coach Conzo Martin, East St. Louis oh, native, yeah. head coach of the University of Missouri, Mizzou Tigers. Welcome to the show. Hold on, Coach. We always do this to everybody that we bring on. We got to give you a salute, brother. <laughs> salute, brother. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> How you doing? How you holding up with this uh, situation that's going on? Uh, which one? <laughs> I know it's a bunch <laughs> of them, right? Uh, we'll we'll start with the with the disease first, and then we'll go with the systematic disease second. <laughs> well, man, you know, of course, the, the pandemic. When you're talking about the COVID, uh, the unfortunate deaths, uh, the hysteria, the anxiety, the stress, the loss of jobs, and all that—that that is really yeah. bad. But I, I think if there's a a positive in it for me. Uh, just having the time you're almost talking about four months to be able to spend with my family. So that's been invaluable because I've, I've been blessed to do this for, for 20 years. I got in this 2000. Yes, so I've been going since 2000 nonstop to, to have an opportunity just to get a peace of mind to be with my family. That part has been great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. On to the next subject. The other sickness that's going on, the, a lot of the riot. Well, not, I ain't even talk about the riots. I don't care about, I care about the protests and people standing up and it seems different than before you know this mike brown situation happened probably about five years ago we had similar things but it wasn't like this it's very different i've told rob a bunch of times i think one of the main things that makes it different is because of the covid thing you can't look away there's no sports on you have to really look at what's happening and the graphicness of the death of uh the young man that passed recently in uh, milwaukee that was enough for everybody to see it so uh, what are your statements on that, sir? Well, I think when you're talking George Floyd, it, it, was, yes, it was very unfortunate because, again, now we, we've seen him for years. Uh, yep. he, he, Mike Brown, I mean, obviously stuff that took place before Mike Brown. And then there's so many that are unknown that we never even talk about. Uh, I, I think just in this time uh, for all of us, uh, like you just said, with, with sports, because with sports, you can all of a sudden this happens and next day there's an event, there's a Super Bowl, yep. there's a baseball game, there's something going on over here. There's I can't go to work and I can't I, so I can't get rid of it. I have to see it. And then I just think, uh, you know, like like God says, not not every story is a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So when, when you when you watch George Floyd and you you see that the whole world can see that. And and, and for me to watch the whole video, because I I struggle watching those, and it seems as if ever since I've had kids, it's hard for me to watch that type of stuff. It really yeah. is, man. So, but I watched that, and I'm, I'm watching, but I'm kind of, but I watched it. I'm, I'm right, saying, right. Like, that that is that is cold to do something like that, and and it's like the the, the officer that did it, he didn't flinch with it, and that yeah. that's a scary feeling, man, because that's somebody's life. And and I, I kind of go back to what my mom said, and you you probably heard me say this before. 
because we had a Zoom call with, with our family. And my mom said, you know, the word sorry can't bring my son back. And mm. it just, it, it, and I think as a police officer, which is a, a very tough job, a high level job. So you have to be keen at all times and you have to be you have to be an intellectual, you have to be a scholar, you have to be sharp. And it just you almost have to train like a Green Beret or Navy SEAL just because somebody's life is on the line. And the life is on the line is the country that you live in. Oftentimes when Green Berets and SEALs go to battle, they're going in a foreign country. But this is Mm -hmm. our homeland. So you have to make sound decisions. And and just to see that it it has to be a change. And I think for all of us, I think all walks of life notice there needs to be a change now. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, definitely agree with that one. Definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, right? Like, no, nah, he 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 said <laughs> in a nutshell, man. Like um, like you said, it's having kids. It, it's a whole different aspect behind it, and you you take a different view on it. So, well said, coach. Thank you. So, how how is the dealings with your with your players? You know, to have being having to be able to talk with them because uh, coaches are father figures. So you know. A lot of times, you know, for some of the players that don't have fathers, you are their father. How is how are your dealings with them, you know, and helping them and being able to listen to them through this time? Well, I think if you if you talk to any any player that, that I've been around since 2000, when I started as an assistant coach up until now, I'm always talking about this type of stuff. Not necessarily mm-hmm. a, a death in particular like this, but all life stuff all the time. So that never stops. So with our players, it's not as if we, we rallied the troops and said, let's talk about this, get on the Zoom call so we can say we talked about it. And this is a topic of our conversation all the time. We talk about everything you can think of as a team, and as a program. And we actually have what we call real talk sessions. Mm-hmm. And we talk about real life stuff and it's uncomfortable. And oftentimes I'm not in the rooms because they have to be transparent and speak. So when our assistant coaches are in the room, everybody's an equal. Yeah. When they have mm-hmm. those conversations, it's not a case where I'm judging you not where you come from and all that. And plus where I come from and uh, and I have, I have loved ones on both sides, my mom and dad's side, but where I come from, I've, I've seen some things. So for me, I have to give that information to these young guys and, and, and to say, okay, man, man, how I look at it as a coach, as a father, and as a leader, I always say I have to be your lens for 10 or 20 years down the road. So you have mm-hmm. to trust my eyes. You don't have to agree with everything I've said, but trust the fact that I'll put you in a position to be successful in life. And again, you have to do the work, but trust the fact that your parents passed the baton to me and I got to pass this baton to this real world. You got to get out yeah. there and function in this world. So I think you have to get them to understand it. And again, you don't have to agree upon everything. It's not as if, and if she, hopefully she's not listening. It's not as if I agree with everything my mom said, you know, just, <laughs> you know but, 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 but when she, you know, you're in the courtroom, you put the mallet down, boom, yeah. when she said it, that was it. Stamped it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, speaking of being a father figure, you know, and you having a family, being a coach and having to prep, um, the biggest thing that I hear a lot of people say is time management. Yes. How do you do your time management? And then how do you keep a balance in between those things where you're not losing it mentally yourself? Well, I just I just always. Uh, I've, uh, I just pray for strength in a lot of situations. I, I have a tremendous wife. She's an intelligent woman. She's strong. Uh, so we make a great team. But but the thing for me, what, what I've struggled with since I've been in the coaching, so I, I would say more, more so when I became a head coach, so I guess in the last 12 or 13 years, I've struggled with sleep. So mm. I, so I pray mm. to God to give me sleep. But but what I've found in me, I don't necessarily need eight hours to function. So some nights it might be five and, I, and I'm fine because God gave me the strength to do what I need to do. So, yes, so, so, I, so I don't get consumed when I didn't get eight hours of sleep. So with that being said, my some mornings for me might be at 430. So that's that's in prayer. That's, that's you know, constant prayer. Just a peace of mind, understanding how I need to be a, always a, a better man, 
husband, father, leader, teacher, and son. And I think mm. those things are very important. And, and I think when you say that, all that comes with a tremendous amount of humility because it, it, it's, it's easy to be tough, but I think that takes a tremendous amount of humility and understand that is strength in itself. And I think oftentimes when you want people, when people are humble or, or they, they, they understand uh, the spiritual realm, they believe in God, they think you have to be docile and passive. That That's not mm. what that means. Right, but, right. But, but I think a strong, the strongest man is one that can have, have humility and compassion for other people, but also grateful for everything that's been provided to him. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> All right, coach. So we're getting into the, the ring of questions now. We was yeah. nice. We've been uh, cool. Go right ahead. Now we're going to turn the fire up. No, I'm kidding. No, I so how far into your professional playing career did you know that you would be a coach? Uh, I, I didn't, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I remember mm. I remember my junior year. Uh, I'd have been my junior year. We, we were huddled up as a team. And, and my teammate, Glenn Robson, the big dogs, and no one playing the draft in 94. Yes, big dog. So, yeah. so that was our junior year. And mm-hmm. we were huddled up. And I, I don't know what happened because, I, you know, I, I did what I needed to do in the classroom. I, I wasn't a great student. Uh, not that I couldn't do mm-hmm. the work. But certain class I enjoyed, I applied myself. But certain I just – and it wasn't like I went through the motion, but I just didn't max out everything I need to do. So and coach just kind of chewed on me, just said, you know, so many in his in his choice words. And, and he was always a good man. So his words went bad. But more or less, mm-hmm. he was saying, you need to get in, in gear because you're not a, you're not going to be a guy that plays five, 10 years in the NBA. And the reason why I said it, it wasn't like he shot on my ego, but but my knees were so bad. I knew I understood what he was saying. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. he was saying something to, to defeat me. So what he was saying, you need to get in the gear in the classroom so you can be successful in that world. Mm. And and I understood it so, but but it, it didn't sink in really to my senior year and my wife between my wife and the coaching staff, and not like they had to make me go to class, so it's not that, but just really understanding the importance of what it means to get a degree. Yeah. But when you don't see that a lot in growing up, and I say this with respect, when you don't see a lot of people with degrees, but you do realize the school teachers that taught you had degrees. So in my mind, I don't know what I was processing. Mm-hmm. But you don't outside of a lot of love and being a school teacher when you went back home, there was not a lot of business or corporations to go back home to. Mm. So you figure, how, how do I make it? So I never thought about being getting the coaching and, and how I got into coaching. I had just signed a contract to go. Well, I signed a contract to go back to play in Italy. And two weeks before I was about to leave, Coach Katie called me and said, I have a job for you, but it won't be until next year. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and finish up school because when I was in college, I never went to summer school in those four years because I, I would work, you know, to send money home and that sort of thing. So I never went to summer school to get those credit hours. And I just worked. So that's how that's how it really turned out. Coach gave me an opportunity. And I took it. Hey, right on for that. Yes, sir. So um, you've been a part of six NCAA tournaments, um, three as a player with Purdue, um, three as a coach, Tennessee, um, California and Mizzou. How was the experience each time? Because, you know, we're on the outside looking in, but from a player and a coach standpoint, how was those experiences? I think as a, as a player, you you feel like even though there's a coaching style, you feel like you can control the situation because you're on the floor. You, you're right. a major part of the outcome. Uh, so that part was great. And we, we were talented teams. We, we were kind of the team that changed Purdue somewhat, the perception of Purdue. We, again, Glenn Robson, Porter Roberts, Brandon Brandon, I stepped back, another guy from East St. Louis, and we had mm-hmm. great success. And I, I was a part of two Big Ten championships, and they ended up winning three in a row. And, and, and the guys were part of third one, really the guys, that four guys I came in with, but they red-shirted. So what, excuse me, when I became a coach, different parts of coach, you can implement the game plan. Mm-hmm. And, and now in hopes that everybody's clicking on all cylinders to make that game plan work, which which is which is fun when it's 
in itself if you have the right guys and understand the most important thing is team and they value team you have mm -hmm. a chance to be very successful okay. how different has it been during this time recruiting during COVID-19 because you know recruiting is one of the most essential parts of being a college coach you know you yes. got to recruit get out there you know you've had some good players already like Michael Porter Jr. in the past and like now you still got to talk to him so I, I imagine your Zoom call game got to be high right now <laughs> I, I've spent a lot of time with these Zoom calls but but it's been great uh, but but more more than anything I, I think I've grown from an administrative standpoint because you know I've been blessed to have administrative assistants that work in the office Mm -hmm. But when you're at home, you have, you have to do those things yourself. So I've, I've learned a lot how to maneuver with these computers. So that part has been fun for me, just learning and growing and, and mapping out my own schedule and all that. So, so it's been great. But I just think recruiting, I, I think for the college game, I think it helps all coaches understand moving forward a better way to recruit. So now you can be more efficient with Zoom calls and building relationships that way as opposed to you before you meeting a young man. Because oftentimes before the Zoom calls, you try to build a relationship by going to watch him work out of his high school. You don't have a mm -hmm. lot of interaction until they become seniors. Well, you can do Zoom calls now and build their relationships, get a, get a chance to see the family members. And now there's interaction. Then you can move forward. And, and before yeah. you see the person, there's a great relationship that was built. Okay. So I'll so yeah, no doubt about that. that. I never looked at it from that standpoint. I guess you would have more access via phone than you would having to, you know, take a flight or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, before you came in, like myself, you were diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. Um, you saw the video that, of my testimony. Um, during your playing career, how did you handle that diagnosis? And did you know that was going to be the end of your playing career when that diagnosis came through? Man, good question. Um well, my, my first before before the non-Hodgkins, when I was in the ninth grade, I so thought I was 87 at, at uh, Link, uh, Hughes Quinn Middle School. It's Lincoln now. But in 87, uh, I went up to dunk a volleyball. And uh, because in East St. Louis at that time, high school started in the 10th grade. Mm -hmm. So seventh, eighth, and ninth for junior high school. So I was still in junior high school. So I went up to dunk a basketball. And when I came down. Uh, for, for those that are listening, you guys, and you, you remember Kevin Ware from, from Louisville when he had when he went down. I had the same I had the same thing, but only my knee didn't come out of the skin, so it was the same oh, thing. Geez. I don't mean to, be, mean to be graphic for your listeners, but it was the same thing. So I had mm -hmm. so they put two screws or two pins, depending on how you describe it, in my knee. So I've had two screws in my knee since '87, and uh, about 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 like that. Mm. Uh, so. That was the first one. So that was the ninth grade, and I think what happened then, you know, when when you come from a, a low-income environment, you don't really understand that they had the white, at that time, it was a white cast. Mm -hmm. The white cast. Mm -hmm. So at that time, you don't understand the importance of, you know, having to go back to rehab or financially, you can't pay for rehab. So what happened, I just basically, after about six or seven weeks, I'm walking down the street and I hit, like, stumped on the concrete and the cast broke and, it, and that's how I took it off. So, and then I just went back out playing basketball from there. So then going into my senior year, there was a second knee surgery, senior year of mm -hmm. high school. So you look at the state tournaments, I'm lipping down the floor, struggling up and down the floor. Then my third knee surgery was when my senior year in college. So you're talking about three, two of major, but three knee surgeries. And then I had four before I had uh, uh, non-Hoskins. So what happened when, when I was playing basketball in Avellino, Italy, and I was thought I was playing some of my best basketball. And so I got over there in August. So this is late November, a week or two before Thanksgiving. So I'm running up and down the floor and all of a sudden I get to half court and I'm breathing like this and I just pass out at mm -hmm. half court. So 
the trainer of the team, he took me back in the training room. He couldn't speak any English, but what he was trying to say, he was like, you were big before you came over, but but now you're small. So that 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 night they did a lot of tests and x-rays. And it was about five guys on the team that they were Italian, but they went to schools in the United States and they could speak mm-hmm. fluent English. And there was one guy that was an American guy and they were praying for me, just said, make sure you get back to the States, make sure you get to the hospital. So we went from Italy to Rome. I mean, excuse me, Rome, New York to Indianapolis, where I live. And, mm-hmm. and my wife and I, and, and I've told this story so many times. So that the timeline can vary between like one thirty to three o'clock in the morning. We walked in the house and my son, Joshua, was about four and a half months old. So we walked in the house and I had him and I just kind of dropped him on the couch, but not aggressive, but, but almost passed out. So I went over to the other couch and I was laying there. I just said to my wife, I said, we need to get to the hospital right away. And then so we went to the hospital and it didn't happen. So again, between one thirty three o'clock in the morning and they did tests, x-rays, blood work. And uh, and I'll never forget the doctor. I, I, I see his face right here. My wife, and my son, Joshua, was sitting over to the side in the chair. And he said, uh, I don't know if you're going to die, but this is life threatening. And mm-hmm. that was probably the toughest thing I, I think I've ever heard in my life when he said yeah. that because I had no control of the situation. I know how I was feeling. I know how much weight I lost because I went from 215 pounds to like 185 pounds in a matter of four and a half months. Oh my goodness. And, uh, you know, so they were hopeful that it was just tuberculosis. But what they found, they found a mass about the size of a baseball between my chest and lung area. And again, they were hoping that, that it was tuberculosis. So when I had to stay in that room that night, my wife and son, they couldn't come in the room because, again, the mask and tuberculosis. And and I just at that, that time, I just prayed to God. I just said, uh, just just allow me to see Joshua, who was my son. Allow me mm-hmm. to see Joshua turn 18 and then whatever your will is, God, is your will. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful. And I'm grateful to say Joshua is 22 years old right now. He'll be 23 in um, August. So. For me, life is bonus, man, and uh, and I'm I'm forever indebted to God, which we all are, but sometimes we take for granted that we are. But but he's I, I speak to him as if he's my father, which he is. Mm. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Coach. That was yeah, uh, very good. No, thank you. I can definitely relate to that one, brother. Definitely relate to that one. Yeah, like I co-host my brother Rob. That he went through very similar things, mm-hmm. so uh, he can definitely understand. And like I know I've heard Rob say a bunch of times, like that's normally not a uh, uh, cancer that ha- affects black people. So that was w- kind of weird, too. You know, the, the thing for me, and I, I tell you, uh, and I'm not and I, I got to gather myself as I say this and I'm not saying this as a superhero. But, you know, you, you took I was to a point where just God, whatever your will is, uh, because you you're so exhausted, um, your body's drained. And it, it, it was simply God. I mean, I, I tell you, because I'm, I'm sitting there. I, I, I told the doctor, I don't need to know the name of the medicines. I don't need what, what for, because not to right. say if I wouldn't be on earth. What was it matter? The, the name of a medicine, man, just do what you have to do. And hopefully it right. works. Right. Man. Okay. Yeah, got, no, go ahead. Yeah, Rob. Go, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead, go man, ahead. <laughs> I'm just like you said, I'm just kept gathering myself, man, choking up over here. Cause I, I remember those same conversations. Go ahead and see. All right, coach, this is something I hear a lot of people talk about. It's very common in basketball. If you up three with 10 seconds left in the game and the opposition have the ball, do you foul to get the ball back? Or you don't foul, just play defense. I've done it both ways. Uh, I think for me it has more to do with the guy. If, if, we, if we can get a timeout mm-hmm. and, and, and whoever I have that's defending the other team's uh, ball handler, if they bring the ball up the floor, now if they bring it up the floor, yeah, we'll probably foul if mm-hmm. it's if it's in the 
half court when they got a chance to make a play right there, I don't think we'll foul. I think we'll be sound. We'll be solid. But they bring the ball to the floor. It, it oftentimes depends on who I have on the floor, the guy that I trust that's guarding the guy that's probably going to make the decision more than anything. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a lot of times, you know, you hear the announcers, they be like, he should have fouled. He should have fouled. But, you know, in the mo- sometimes in the moment of the way the game is going, it's better just to let it go. Because you know what I'm saying? Because you, you may lock them up. You know, you may break the whole floor of the play, you know. You know, the thing about it is it's easy to say. And, and I, I think that's why it's, it's a sport and it's fans and, and that's mm-hmm. exciting and all that. But it's easy to sit on the sidelines and say what you do when, when things are happening so fast. Big fan. Energy and excitement, your players on the floor. Trust me, coaches prepare and practice those things all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just what you feel good with, and you can't get consumed with what somebody says is commentating the game. That's what they get paid to do. So, so I, I've always been the guy that, that do what I feel, trust in my staff. We try to practice and prepare those things, and even if the other team knows it's coming, as long as we prepare to go through it, we'll go through it. But just, you know, I, I go to my, my daughter's, you know, volleyball games or my son's, their sporting events. Man, I, I sit there. I don't say a word because oh. it's easy to sit there and say, "Hey, you should have, man." <laughs> because again, that's that's easy. You can rewind that. You, but it's happening fast. It's live. But plus, right. you also have a pulse of your current players. You know what your players are about. You know what they can mm-hmm. and cannot do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, coach. Well, you got through the uh, what we our uh, question segment. Now we're gonna hit you with these one hitters. Um, Hold on, uh, I, got, I got I got one more, Rob. Oh, I got, got one. I got more? a bonus right. question. I got a bonus uh, question. Well, bonus up, then, brother. All right. <laughs> this, this this is a fun one, coach. I see that you led the Big Ten at three point percentage while playing at Purdue. Yeah. shooting a whopping 45 percent like you could be playing right now because three <laughs> points is everything right now right the question is coach is your jumper still wet <laughs> no it's really not uh <laughs> it's probably it's wet like mud it's in the mud but it's not wet like, no it's, it's just you know I, actually i had shoulder surgery mm-hmm. so uh just really just getting my arm up it's no nah, i i you know when i when i stopped playing truthfully yeah I, I prayed to God. I don't want to play again. I, I have no desire to play again. Now, when mm-hmm. I was at Purdue as an assistant coach, we would play noon ball. You had football coaches, always good times, just entertainment. So that was probably three or four years. But after that, I just said, I have no desire to play again. I, I just because I've been around guys, you know, teammates, friends that, that really struggle when it's over and they can't make the next step or the, or the transition away mm-hmm. from it. I just prayed that I'm done. So I, I rarely, if, I, if ever, really shoot balls. Mm. I got one more question. My wife had a question. I'm going to show this up here, but I'm going to read it. She said, you mentioned coming from a low low to moderate income family. What advice can you give aspiring ball players regarding being diligent with your finances now? Uh, good question. What advice can I give aspiring ball players to be diligent with your finances? Uh, I think that's very important. I think there's uh, – we, we oftentimes say education and, and, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll kind of give context and I might say a lot of different things. So hopefully I can come back to answer that question. But education is first and foremost. And you don't necessarily need to go to college to have an education. I, I, I've said it before and I said respectfully, I probably have 30 credit hours uh, that I got in college that I can't even remember those classes. I think we need to spend more time in, in, in college and uh, teaching uh, real estate. Okay, if, I, if I'm a scholarship athlete, mm-hmm. and I have three thousand dollars laying here. What if I go uh, buy that uh, duplex right there uh, and, and put money down on it, and all of a sudden I'm done with school ten, fifteen years later? That's still making money for me. I, so, mm. so how can I make money in college? Because I think nowadays you have athletes that have a substantial, substantial amount of money. So, so what what happens is 
if if they're not getting that education at home, and there's nothing wrong with that. In the schools, we need to teach that. We need to teach craft. We need to teach shops. We need to teach how to manage money. We need to, instead of oftentimes going to school every Friday, let's have a field trip to go to the bank. Let's go mm. to a bank and understand how that works. And as a bank, speak to me as if I'm a second grader. And I say that respectfully because oftentimes you can talk over somebody's head and I don't get the information. So, so, so I've always said, why do we have to go to school every Friday? Why can't there be a field trip? Why, where in a proximity of a hundred mile race, I visit every university and I go get some information from that university to educate me on what life has to offer. We don't need to go to school Monday through Friday. Let's go on field trips and get ourselves right. educated. And I think that's very important. But to talk about money is just the basis of being able to, uh, Okay, this and again, I, I'm going all over the place because I, I'm adamant about this, but it's all good. coach. We, we have Take to do a time. good job of spending money in our own communities. We, mm-hmm. we don't own a lot. We, mm-hmm. We're not landowners. And, and, and often and I don't say that in a negative way, because you go back in the 1860s after the Emancipation Proclamation, we were freed as slaves. We were freedmen and we worked extremely hard. We had 14 to 15 people in Congress. So we worked extremely yeah. hard. We were very successful. We had our own school. We did a lot of great things. But all of a sudden, you, you look at Memphis, the chaos took place. All of a sudden, riots. And it wasn't us riding. We, 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 we had great times. All of a sudden, New Orleans, they tell yeah. New Orleans in the black communities. So you, uh, you, you, everybody knows about Black Wall Street. So you destroy mm-hmm. communities. Now it's hard for us to recover. Yeah. So and, and, and then you look at all the work that we've done over a course of time. And we have nothing to show for it because it was taken away. We, we should have got land ownership. I've never understood as, as a people, as blacks, we never had reparations. And oftentimes people said to be said, but but when you go back and study the history and understand mm-hmm. it, we were a major part of a lot of wealth. I mean, you're talking about a billion dollar industry was a cotton industry back when they had the cotton industry going on. We were a yeah. major part of that. Mm-hmm. We have nothing to show for it. It's not because we don't have the work ethic. We don't have the desire. We don't have the fight. It's because yeah. it's taken from us. Mm. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want to move on to the next one, but uh yeah, that's kind of let, that, let that sink in. That's for those bad. who for those who just joined us, we have yeah. head coach Conzo Martin, yeah. head coach of the Mizzou men's basketball team, um yes, NCAA. So if you're just joining us, that is him that you're seeing on the screen. And if you're listening, that is the voice you are hearing. Yeah. Go ahead, see. I just think it's very important what you said. My wife is in banking and she's a sister in banking. And one of her, one of her main jobs is community development. And I think what you said, her question was right on point, And what you said is on point because mm-hmm. my brother-in-law, you know, my little nieces, he, she, he taught them how to run checkbooks early. He taught mm-hmm. them how to balance their budget early. So like one of my niece, she just got an apartment. She took care of all her own stuff because she was raised that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my parents tried the best, but it was different. But I think what you're saying is so important because, like, what you learn young can help you when you get older. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, the one thing that we, we have to have to understand, and I, and I love all people, because the beautiful thing about my mom, she didn't raise me to do any hating. We, we, didn't yeah. have, we, we, we were so busy trying to make it. We didn't have time to hate. Uh, Amen. And, and we just enjoyed growing. And, and my mom, she would take us to these home shows and, you know, out in the St. Louis areas. And, you know, she would just always say, dream big. You have to dream. You have to believe. And we would do that, you know. And, I, and I'll say this because I, I try to be transparent when I speak. And sometimes it's, it's, it's tough. But oftentimes when we and I was a part of this, mm-hmm. I would say, man, I, I want to make it out. I want to make it out. I'm, I'm going to make it out. Well, that's not how we should think. 
We want to make it out to get back. That's what we should be doing. Try to get back to our communities. We have to get back because what happens, I'll say this. You, if we work hard to educate ourselves and go to college and have successful lives and nobody ever come back to the community, who's feeding the community? Mm. Because all the successful people left the community. You have to go back and feed the community. Mm. And I think that's very important to understand. Then, So then there are no business in the community. And then what we have to do, and it's hard because progress is painful. Yeah. Progress yeah. is very painful. And you have to be strong. You have to stand in it. You have to be yeah. strong. And, yeah. and, and what we have to understand is if, if, if we give it dollars to businesses, that means there are people that look like us working in those businesses. Not to be all, because it's, it's all people. Yeah. And if it's not, then we have to move our dollars elsewhere. And I think we we have to be sound in that. And that doesn't mean that doesn't need to be a violent movement. Mm. I'll just take my dollars elsewhere because I want to spend my money where if you got people that employed that look like me, and they could be yeah. all walks of life. That's beautiful. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Asian, all Hispanic, we all can be successful. But we have to understand if you don't support the community, then we need to go elsewhere. And I think we have to be solid with that. We can't run from that. And it's tough. Like I said, progress and moving forward is very painful. Then we, we talk all the time. We, we, we say, okay, everybody's in this movement about voting. Mm-hmm. Okay, vote for what? What am I voting for? Who am I voting for? Why am I voting for this person? Has this person showed me in this community that he's willing to help this community before I vote for him? Because I don't want to hear about what you're going to do when you get in office. If this person, mm-hmm. male or female, hasn't showed me that, I'm not voting for it. And then what we have to do in the black community, this is very important. We can't get caught up in Republican and Democrat. Who can help Thanks. this community? Thanks. Who, who can help? I mean, so we, we have to educate ourselves. So we're talking about voting. Well, what am I voting for? Because I think our two biggest issues, the criminal justice system, we have too many men of color being locked up. We have mm-hmm. too many middle cuts. So, so who's the prosecuting attorney? Who's the DA in that community? We need to find out who that is. Yeah. Right, and, right. And that's a whole community. Find out who that person is. How many I mean, this person locked up? This many people locked up? Oh, we need to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And we cannot run from it because what happens is time will pass. Time will pass. And then all of a sudden we all expire. And then all because think about this. It was Martin Luther King. It was Rodney King. Mm. And here we are. It can't be another 30 years. Right. We, we have to plant our feet in the sand and as people and be strong. And we have to embrace all people because everybody's involved. It can't be always just. And, and, and then the other part is not. And one of my players asked me this question. Man, it's, if you want to live around all black people, if you want to live around all white people, all Hispanic, all Asian, or, or diverse, that's your right. You have the right, man. That's a human right. I should be able to live yeah. where I want to live. That's a human right. And we have to understand that, man. All. This is the, this is the thing, too, and it, I, I think as as a black community, this where we this where we will get stronger. We have to do everything in our power to lift up the black man. The, I mean, the black man. I'm not disrespecting any white people or any black women or any other brown. The black man, because the black man has gone through a lot. We have to strengthen the black man. We, I mean, think about it. you got to hug the black man. Don't be afraid to hug the black man when you see him, man. man you, you look good today, man. I wish you the best, man. How's your family doing, hey, man? You need help, man. Because all a man ever want to do is to be respected. Now, yeah. how am I to look at my wife and my kids if I don't have a job and I can't provide? What, what do you think my next option is? I'm a man. I want to be able to provide for my family. Exactly. How do you expect my wife for me to look at me respectfully and say, man, that's that's my husband. That's a man. My kids, that's a man. Right, but right. I can't provide for my mm-hmm. family. Everybody hit hard times. But I'm talking about I can't get any opportunities, but, I, but I've shown the work ethic because nobody will hire me. What do you think I'm supposed to do to provide for my family? 
So, right. I, so I think we have to embrace the black man and show him as much love as possible and give him opportunities and uplift him, man. You see a guy that's working, he, he don't have a nice suit, man. Help him out, hey, man. I got you right here, man. What else you mean? And man, man, I wish you the best. If I can help you anyway, and we have to do it because what happens, and I say this word cripple respectfully. You're right. When a black man leaves the family, it cripples the family. This is facts. God made man and woman. It's man and woman. He took, he made Eve from Adam's rib. Yep. Right. right. Man and woman. We're in this thing together. We both balance each other because what happens is I'm as, as, as a young boy and I look in the mirror. If I don't see the father figure, then what do I see? Mm. I, I see my mom, which is a beautiful woman. So I so I developed those mannerisms in those ways. Talk to him, coach. So then all of a sudden, if mom is not around, she's working. Where do I find the streets to develop? Mm -hmm. I look at that. Okay, that's what I want to be. That's the image. That's what that's my mirror. That's what I mm -hmm. see. So we have to understand we have to strengthen the black man as much as possible. We got to do a great job of uplifting each other, man. I just pray to God every night. John 14, 14, God says, If you ask in my name, I shall give. And, and the two things I ask God all the time. Well, I ask him a lot of stuff, but God. Can you intervene in this world? Because I just think as black people, if we try and do it on our own, it's not going to work because we're 70 years behind. When you're talking about the wealth gap, seven zero. We're mm -hmm. way behind. Mm -hmm. So, God, until you intervene, this is going to be a real fight for us. And then the other thing I asked God, I said, God, strengthen the households so these young men and women can be strong. Growing. These kids can grow up, strengthen the households, strengthen those households. And then the other thing is. God, if you can, let's get these guns off the streets. We, we our, our, our young brothers and sisters, man, it just, I, I, I can't even watch the news. It make my stomach hurt. I just, I, I pray to God that we can find a way for our young brothers and sisters to get those guns off the street, man, so we can move forward. And man, it just, it just, it's bring, it brings me to my knees. Man. That was so on point, Coach. We really appreciate you saying that. That is uh, powerful and on point, for real, yeah. for real, yeah. for real. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing else needs to be said. <laughs> no I'm words, serious, right, Rob? No, I know, no, I know. No words. That's um, that's um. As just say, he giving the whole bird, not just nuggets. You know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yes, sir. Seriously. Okay, as we uh, we gonna get you out of here, out of here in a minute, Coach. Mm -hmm. The last thing we gonna do, you got mm -hmm. this thing where we call quick hitters. Yeah. So we say one word, and you give a quick answer. So it'd be like uh, <laughs> macaroni, cheese. Che okay, you know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Something like that. Okay. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna start ready. it off. Here we go, Coach Gene Katie, legend. Yes, sir. Glenn Big Dog Robinson, beast. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is one. This let this this gonna show if you really from the east side. China Man of Rice House. Wait, see, no, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> no, see, no, see. Uh, uh, I'm going to answer that, but there's a disclaimer. And, okay, and I'll tell you why the disclaimer afterwards. But I would say rice house and uh -huh. the reason why because we grew up like that and i'll tell you what because and I, and I can show you the text but i said to our director of operations i said i need to meet the, the asian community and the mm -hmm. jewish community on campus I, I i said this so i got that set up next week yeah because you know how we grew up we would say the rice house to china right, you right, know right so that's right. why i i, I want to leave a disclaimer in case somebody said, oh, man, why coach graphic like that but, <laughs> but i would say rice house oh yeah. all right r&b or hip-hop r&b I already knew. I could tell. <laughs> LeBron or Jordan? That's LeBron. a tough LeBron. 
Oh, oh, game okay. We'll go LeBron. All right, my last one, East St. Louis. Oh, great place. I mean, that's, I'll say this, um, and, and my wife noticed, and, and I'm serious when I say this. I said somewhere when they when they lay me to rest, somewhere on that tombstone, it better say East St. Louis. And that, that's, that's bloodlines, man. I, 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 man, that's that's bloodlines. That's who I am. That, that's who I represent. And and I'll I'll leave you guys with this, man. And I thank you guys for your time. I'll leave you with this uh, and understanding sometimes and I'm reading this to you sometimes when you get to the destination, because as a, as a, as a nation, we fight. And I say as a nation is all people, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of people on board of all races. Sometimes when you get to the destination, we got ways to go. We get there of what God promised. It doesn't feel like a celebration because it costs so much to get there. Mm-hmm. It costs so much to get there. And then the other part is, the labor of delivery costs so much. The pain of delivery. Right now, we're trying to deliver birth. We're birthing a baby right now. Right. We're right. birthing a baby right now, man. And it's painful. One day at a time, we got to be strong. We cannot let up. And again, I, I say to all black men, hug each other. Now, we love all people. But when you see a black man, you see him struggle. Hey, man, how you doing, man? Talk to somebody. Put them guns down. Every time you're on this radio show, man, put them guns down. You got my voice over you. Put them guns down. Let's put them down. Let's let's yeah. talk. Let's, let's go out and have a picnic, have a good time. as people, man. We can do it, but it's one day at a time. Yeah. But, the, but the end of the day, we got to help our youth. Uh, and somebody has to make the sacrifice. And I think it has to be us three right here. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen, Amen. to that. Amen. Amen to that. Well, Coach, we thank you for coming on. Yes, we, sir. Um, yeah, thank you for your time, sir. And um, I hope everybody listening, y'all y'all heard the brother um, on point. And um, we're grateful, bro. Very thank honest. you guys for having me, man. Y'all take Very care. Honest. Yes, sir. All right now. Woo! Yeah, man. Brother came yeah. with that five five. Yeah, we know. We gonna let y'all know. Rob had some quick hitters, but uh, it, it, we couldn't do we couldn't do nothing else. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you don't that come back it. with quick. Yeah, you don't come back with quick hitters after you drop something like that, man. Nah, so, nah. that that was um, the drop the mic moment right there. And, it, uh, it was. It was. Salute to this um, brother, man. He gave us a lot of great in depth knowledge, man, and things to think about as a community, our community. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Because. That's something, something he was talking about. I think about a whole lot in my in the back of my mind. It's like, you know, I started like as a young man, I, I stayed in the hood and then we moved to the suburbs, you know, as an early age, probably about third or fourth grade for me. And, you know, I always had the mentality. I'm gone. You know, I'm out like what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not going back over there. But here lately, you know, I even talked to my wife about this. I've been thinking about it, like, man, you know, I still want to put money into my community. You know what I mean? I really want to put money into my community, you know, and uh, right, right, right. That was another challenge to me because, you know, like he said, a lot of times black people, we want to get out, you know, we free, we got, we get a little success. Like me and you, we got good jobs and we, you know, we mess around and we uh, become managers and leading other people and all that. Mm-hmm. But, and you know, we love all people. I definitely do. I love white, black, Asian, you know, I, uh, one of my workers on here, Josh, you know, He's an Asian uh, man, Korean young up, man. You know Josh? what I'm saying? What up, Josh? Shout out to Josh. But, you know, at the same time, you know, just even with like his community, you know, other communities stick together. And mm-hmm. it's not like they ostracize other communities, but we stick together to help build each other. And uh, I really I really received that challenge that Coach said, you know. Yeah, and if my um, wife watching this, yes, bring the boys down. <laughs> Go ahead. Bro. Yeah. So, no, I'm just saying um, 
we we've said this over the weeks, even when Steve was talking last week and we we kind of talked about it when Petty was talking and we, yep. we mentioned voting a little bit. Like I said, do your homework, man. Find out who it is you voting for, because he's right. If you just going to vote to cast a ballot to hold up a sticker on Instagram or whatever, that ain't helping nothing because yeah. you might have just voted yeah. the very people that you don't want in. And we're not right. trying to make this political, but he yeah, had a yeah. point um, for anybody listening um, who got ministries. Y'all know I will hit the hood in the heartbeat and go out and minister. Um, Nigel, yeah. Nigel, um, M-O-G, this yeah. brother, these are brothers that I know that I've labored with, no pun intended with being mm-hmm. laborers, but mm-hmm. they hit the hood. And when they hit the hood, they going out. All the laborers over and, there. And, yep. Yeah. And, and, and they going out and we in the middle of, we in the middle of Washington Park. We're in the middle of East St. Louis. We yep. on the North side. Um, yep. Brother Rand on here. I did the ministry with him. So going back and putting back into the community and telling people, you know, um, about the Lord, you know what I'm saying, through ministry and then just loving on them. Um, me and Say, we didn't did stuff on um over in um um on Walnut Park. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We're in the middle of Walnut Park yeah. having men, having um so going back to your community is very, very important and not being afraid. You right. know what I'm saying? Like right. don't let the media make you afraid. Is this stuff happening? Yeah, it's happening every day. And it's some spots that you might not want to be caught up in. But what right. I'm telling you is you can't shun them because I was shunned before, and that's the worst feeling in the world to have somebody looking at you like you're crazy or shunning you for how you're acting. Some people just don't know no better, man. Yep. I fully agree with that, man. So once again, we're so grateful for having Coach on, man. That brother was on point, on point. You know, you you think about it like, man, I want to ask him all these basketball questions, but I was like, Mm -hmm. man, this brother was giving so much knowledge on the empowerment of us as a people. And uh, it's just awesome, man. I'm I'm so grateful, man. Like. That this is one for the record books. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone for watching. You know, we yeah, no doubt, no doubt. As we come to the end of the show, man, we're so grateful. As we say plenty, plenty times, you could have been watching anybody, man, but you watching us. Uh, shout out to BJ Jefferson, <clears throat> my cousin, uh, Frank. He was watching uh, a lot of people that was watching my wife on the road. Back. They coming down the stairs now. My little nephews. You know, I just appreciate everybody coming coming on and watching it was a yeah great 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 time great 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 time so rob tell them about some of these sponsorships we get so check it out for all of y'all who have a business any type of um apparel hit us up go to www.notthesamepodcast.com we got um sponsorship packages um we're gonna update it a little bit um when we play the 30 minute replay on instagram you can have your logo um on the outside mm-hmm. during that 30 minutes um you can sponsor a show if you have apparel men's apparel only no foolery um provide no us the foolery. apparel the same way i'm wearing it not the same this could be your apparel right here as long as it's men's apparel um i gotta say it again men's apparel um so we um we just trying what we're trying to do is just give you a platform for advertisement um, you don't have to do a sponsorship. There's different packages. Again, www.notthesamepodcast.com for all of my artists out there. We're still looking for the music. Artists, if you've submitted your music, we haven't forgot about you. Your music yep. will be played. So just um, just know we're trying to give other folks a platform so you can be seen as well. And so... This was not the same podcast. We appreciate everybody watching. We'll be back next week. We might have a guest. We might not, but we definitely going to have some fun. As oh, you yeah. hear in the background, you saw my little nephew and 
you hear the hollering and all that. That's what happens when the babies hit the building. But we love them. <laughs> we love that stage, brother. <laughs> I know. You, I know. Your now yours. Your, your babies want money and, and right. clothes and cars and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about that. I just got sad. <laughs> just shared a thug tear right quick. Yeah. Just, yeah. Look. Yeah, it's gone. But um, <laughs> go ahead, man. Yeah, we'll talk college football next. We'll, we'll get Ren. I, I see. I see your comment. We'll talk college football next week, man. We get ready to get out of no here. Doubt. Um, not yeah. the same podcast every Thursday at 6 p.m. Tune in if you like what you're hearing. Subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. And um, yep. yeah, we'll see y'all next week, man. Yes, sir. And we out. We're going to see y'all next week, like Rob said, even though he just said it don't matter. Y'all act like I ain't say that. All right, man. We see y'all later. <laughs> hey. About our father's business. Prime mode. Filled with this Holy Spirit. That's a cheat code. Holiness the standard. We never fold. We about to make a scene. Episode.